Hello, and welcome to the turbulent world of Middle East soccer or Middle East soccer podcast. I'm your host, James Dorsey. When Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman meets Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi next week, the elephant in the room is likely to be what weighs more, the issues the two men agree on or the ones that divide them. As a matter of principle, Prince Mohammed and Mr. Modi are likely to take their strategic partnership to a new level as a result of changing energy markets, a decline in American power, the rise of China, and the transnational threat of political violence. Discussions with the Crown Prince and his delegation of Saudi businessmen on energy and investment will prove to be the easy part. Saudi Arabia is investing $44 million in a refinery in Maharashtra's Ratnagiri and supplies 20% of India's crude oil. India, moreover, expects the Saudis to invest in ports and roads, while Saudi Arabia is interested in Indian agriculture that would export products to the kingdom. At first glance, security issues should be a no-brainer. The two countries hold joint military exercises, share intelligence, and cooperate on counter-terrorism. They are also working to counter money laundering and funding of political violence. Things get complicated, however, when geopolitics kick in. Prince Mohammed arrives in Delhi on the back of a visit to Pakistan, where he is expected to sign a Memorandum of Understanding on a framework for $10 billion of investments, primarily in oil refining, petrochemicals, renewable energy, and mining. The memo follows significant Saudi aid to help Pakistan evade a financial crisis that included a $3 billion deposit in Pakistan's central bank to support the country's balance of payments and another $3 billion in deferred payments for oil imports. The tricky part are the investments in the memorandum that include a plan by the Saudi national oil company Aramco to build a refinery at the Chinese-backed port of Gwadar, close to Pakistan's border with Iran, and the Indian-backed Iranian port of Chabahar. Both Pakistan and Saudi Arabia are closely monitoring Chabahar's progress. A potential Saudi investment in the troubled Pakistani province of Balochistan's Reko-Dik copper and gold mine would strengthen the kingdom's hold in the strategic province that both Prince Mohammed and U.S. President Donald Trump's hardline national security advisor, John Bolton, see as a potential launching pad for efforts to destabilize Iran. Taken together, the refinery, an oil reserve in Gwadar, and the mine would also help Saudi Arabia in efforts to prevent Chabahar from emerging as a powerful Arabian sea hub. Saudi funds are flowing into ultra-conservative, anti-Shiite, anti-Iranian Sunni Muslim madrasa in Balochistan. It remains unclear whether the money originates with the Saudi government, Saudi nationals of Baloch descent, or the two million strong Pakistani diaspora in the kingdom. The money helps put in place building blocks for possible covert action should the kingdom or the U.S. or both decide to act on proposals 
to support irredentist action. Such covert action could jeopardize Indian hopes to use Chabahar to bypass Pakistan, enhance its trade with Afghanistan and Central Asia, and create an antidote to Gwadar, a crown jewel in China's Belt and Road Initiative. Pakistani analysts expect around $5 billion in Afghan trade to flow through Chabahar after India in December started handling the port's operations. It could also further strain ties with Pakistan that accuses India of fomenting national unrest in Balochistan. The funds take on added significance in the face of Saudi concerns about Chabahar and India's support for the port. The money continues to flow, even though the Crown Prince has significantly cut back on the Kingdom's global funding of ultra-conservative Sunni Muslim groups to bolster his assertion that the Kingdom is embracing a more moderate, albeit as yet undefined, form of Islam. The money started coming in at about the time the Riyadh-based International Institute for Iranian Studies published a study that said Chabahar posed a direct threat to the Arab Gulf state that called for immediate countermeasures. Written by Mohammed Hassan Hussein Bor, a Washington-based Iranian Baloch lawyer and activist, the study warned that Chabahar would allow Iran to step up oil exports to India at the expense of Saudi Arabia, raise foreign investment in the Islamic Republic, increase government revenues, and allow Tehran some muscle flexing in the Gulf and the Indian Ocean. Noting the expanse of Iran's Sistan and Baluchistan province, Mr. Hussein Bor said, it would be a formidable challenge, if not impossible, for the Iranian government to protect such long distances and secure Chabahar in the face of widespread Baluch opposition, particularly if this opposition is supported by Iran's regional adversaries and world powers. Published in a country that tightly controls the media as well as the output of think tanks, the study spoke with a memorandum drafted a year later by Mr. Bolton before he assumed office. The memo envisioned U.S. support for the democratic Iranian opposition, including in Balochistan and Iran's Sistan and Balochistan province. Iranian officials believe that Saudi Arabia and the U.S. have a hand in a string of recent attacks by Baloch, Kurdish, and Iranian Arab nationalists, but have so far refrained from producing anything beyond allegations. Most recently, they point to a rare suicide bombing in Chabahar in December that targeted a Revolutionary Guard's headquarters, killing two people and wounding 40. Writing in the Pakistan Security Report 2018, journalist Muhammad Akbar Notazai said, to many in Pakistan, concerns about Indian support for the Baloch were materialized with the arrest of Kulbushan Jadhav, an Indian spy in Balochistan who had come through Iran. Ever since, Pakistani intelligence agencies have been on extra alert on its border with Iran. The journalist warned, that the more Pakistan slips into the Saudi orbit, 
the more its relations with Iran will worsen. If their borders remain troubled, anyone can fish in the troubled water. Mr. Nodazai implicitly put his finger on the pitfalls Prince Mohammed and Mr. Modi will help to negotiate to ensure that their ever closer economic, energy, and security relations can withstand the challenges posed by the escalating and intertwined rivalries that link West and South Asia. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. A written version of, the po- of this podcast is on my blog, The Turbulent World of Middle East Soccer, or MideastSoccer.blogspot.com. Please join me for my next podcast in the coming days. All the best and take care.